wreaking havoc. Wreaking havoc. News, interviews, and more. We just reek of Huntsville Havoc Hockey. Back with another Wreaking Havoc podcast. I'm Tim Lambert. We're also back to checking in with some familiar names. This week's In the Slot segment features Christian Cheech Powers, former forward who was part of the back-to-back championship teams from 2018 and 2019. Speaking of forwards, another one has joined the pack, and we'll get the details on him along with more news later on as the Wreaking Havoc podcast continues. The Wreaking Havoc podcast. Got something to say? Put it on a t-shirt or hoodie, or apron, or even an iPhone case. Just go to daddyoscustomtees.com and make it happen. Look through their selection of ready-made designs, or make one of your own. Check out their special hockey designs, too. With Daddy-O's Custom Tees, you can truly have it your way. Look for Daddy-O's Custom Tees on Facebook, follow them on Twitter or Instagram, or go online to daddyoscustomtees.com. That's D-A-D-D-Y-O-S, custom, T-E-E-S, dot com. Daddy-O's Custom Tees, they've got your back, or front. Let's go in the slot. This week we feature former Havoc forward Christian Cheech Powers, who played with the team from 2016 to 2019 and was a part of the back-to-back championships his last two years. He was gracious enough to give me some time this week. To start out, let's, let's just get the Cheech Powers story. You know, where you're from, all that good stuff. Well, first of all, where did you get the name Cheech? <laughs> um, I had a feeling that question would be brought up. Um, <laughs> it goes back uh, just when I was around like two years old. Um, you know, I come from a, from an Italian family. It's kind of a cheesy story, but I come from an Italian family on my mom's side. And uh, she kind of just started calling me, you know, her little Chi-Chi when, she was, when I was younger. And it kind of just stuck. And um, eventually it just turned into Cheech. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's basically stuck my whole life. Um, you know, friends, family. I had teachers in, in school calling me Cheech. Um, obviously, everyone still call like people still call me by Christian. But for the most part, once uh, once people get comfortable with me and everything, it, it eventually turns into Cheech. Okay. All right. So nothing to do with Cheech and Chong whatsoever. Oh no, no, no! It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> and some people probably think it does, but uh, oh, it does. Okay, well, we're here to set the record straight then. There you go. Um, and uh, cheese and Italian, that just kind of goes together anyway. So. Yep. Um, okay, so uh, let's get back to the original question. Wh- where are you from? Uh, give us the story. Um, so, yeah, I grew up um, just outside of about 45 minutes west of uh, Toronto. Um, in a little town uh, called Carlisle, Ontario. Uh, grew up there basically my entire life. Um, you know, my my parents are still there, so I get to go back. Um, you know, quite a bit. I I now live about forty minutes uh, just west of there uh, with my wife and my eleven month old daughter in a town called uh, Paris, um, which is which is a beautiful spot as well. Okay. Um... So, what what sports did you play growing up? I, I pretty much, my parents had me in, you know, basically, I wouldn't say every sport, but a lot of sports, um, you know, mainly the ones, but, 
you know, soccer's, um, played a little bit of baseball. I think I only played that for like probably one year, but no, it was more soccer. And then, um, got into football a little bit in high school, but to be honest, it was just, it was mainly hockey. Hockey was the main focus. I played lacrosse for a few seasons, but everything kind of just went back to turning all my focus into, into hockey. And that was basically, you know, all, all year, you know, winter, spring, summer, um, every year pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, soccer and hockey and lacrosse, you know, have similar rules anyway. So, um, Yep. Which is still kind of confusing to me. My kids played soccer, but, uh, you know, I'm, somebody would say, offsides, and I'm like, where? <laughs> you know? Yeah. The yeah. offside in soccer is a little, little yeah. confusing, a little bit different, but, um, no, yeah, I mean, every, everything, like I said, everything kind of just made its way back to hockey. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, when did you start playing hockey? My parents had me on skates probably around when I was two years old. So I grew up with two, uh, two older brothers that were, that were into hockey as well. So we were constantly, constantly at the rinks. Um, but yeah, probably around two years old. And my dad always tells, you know, a story, you know, probably one of the first few times that I was skating and, you know, he, we walked out to the rink and, you know, he, he brought me on the ice and then just told me to kind of hold on to the boards and he, he went to go grab, you know, one of those chair, like a, a chair or, or one of those, you know, things that kids push on the ice to kind of help them stand up. And I kind of, you know, started just taking off like on my own, holding on to the boards with, with one hand. And, <laughs> um, yeah, the rest was kind of a history from there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Forget this. i uh, I, I've got a better way of doing it. Um, well, as far as growing up, who were some of your sports heroes, whether they were hockey or any other sport? Um, I wouldn't say I had like any sports heroes. Um, or maybe guys you just, you just like the way they play or, or, you know. Yeah, I, um. I always had, you know, I was always very interested in the way uh, Jerome McGinley played. Um, just kind of, you know, a Canadian, Canadian boy. Um, but he also, I always, especially as I got older, I found that my style of play was, you know, very kind of similar to the way that he plays. Um, in a sense, you know, play the same position. He was... You know, he liked to shoot the puck. I like to shoot the puck, score goals, um, and kind of like that hard nose, uh, two way forward. I guess you could say. I mean, I wasn't really anyone that was going to, um, you know, wow, wow anyone with, you know, with maybe my hands, you know, like maybe like a Steinakovich or something. But um, no, just yeah. Pretty much Jerome McGill my whole life was, was my favorite player growing up. Okay. What about teams? Teams, well, just being outside of, you know, outside of Toronto, I always grew up as a, as a Leafs fan. But, again, back to Jerome McGill, kind of, he was in Calgary for the longest time. So, you know, I always enjoyed following the, the Calgary Flames. And then 
kind of like wherever he went became became my favorite team and or one of my favorite teams. But you know, deep down inside, you know, I gotta gotta root for the Leafs. Yeah, painful as painful as it can be sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Now you played hockey well all your life. I mean, you you had several years of of junior hockey before you made it to college. Mm-hmm. Looking at some of the. Uh, stats there your profile you already had a championship under your belt before you even went to college yeah so my last year of junior um we won the uh the buckling cup which is basically um our league our league uh championship so um yeah i was pretty fortunate to play on a on a really good team with uh here in ontario and in the Stogel spirit, um, I ended up getting traded there. My my last year of junior, just where I was playing before with the Hamilton Red Wings, the you know team wasn't as strong, and um, you know I felt like I needed to kind of go somewhere where you know they were in the in the running for a for a championship run, and um, it what <clears throat> the way that it worked out was I was actually. I wanted to get traded to another team that was interested in me. And then, you know, that kind of fell through and ended up going to, to Stouffville. Um, you know, I'd only played Stouffville probably once that year, so I wasn't really too familiar with them. Um, so I was kind of hesitant to, to agree to the trade, but at the end of the day I did, and it turned out to be, you know, probably, probably the best decision, um, you know, of my junior career. Cause, Again, our team was, you know, really strong. You know, I grew really good friendships with a lot of guys that I still keep in touch with. I was able to, you know, go to go to school with, with two other guys on, on that team, which made it, you know, that transition going into college a lot, a lot easier. Um, but, yeah, I guess before even making my way to, to Huntsville and, and winning, I already had a championship under, under my belt. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into your college, um, the junior hockey deal there, I, I don't know that, I, and I know I don't really understand the whole system of it, but uh, when you talk about being traded, you know, maybe a lot of folks think of junior hockey as being more like, well, I mean, it's before college, so I, I guess they don't think trades come into into play, you know, it's just more like, uh, I don't know, maybe like prep school or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously kind of like in the younger years before junior, you can't like trades won't happen there, but, um, yeah, no, it's kind of, you know, I guess you can say free game and junior, um, they have the right to, to trade you to other teams and bring in, you know, other players, just like the way that it works, you know, in the in the professional um, level as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's nothing that really really ties you down to to a certain team. Okay. Um, well, you you go on to Clarkson University. Um, uh, tell us about your playing days there. Yeah, I mean Clarkson. That was that was a blast. You know, you talk to anyone that's. Uh, that plays, you know, college sports, whether it's Division One or Division Three or wherever it is, they, you know, they tell you to to cherish it because, 
you know, time flies by and, you know, you're a freshman and the next thing you know, you're graduating as a senior, uh, just like that. So, I mean, yeah, those, those, that time of my life in, in school and playing was, was, was awesome. Um, I don't think I had the, to be honest, I don't think I had the, the success that, you know, I was hoping for that I wanted to in college. Um, you know, if someone were to, someone were to look at my stats, but, um, I actually looking back on it, you know, I learned a lot kind of in sense, in terms of, you know, playing or and systems and, and everything like that. I mean, I could get a little bit more technical, but no, I, those four years at Clarkson, again, were, were some of the best, uh, best times of my life and, um, definitely goes by quick and definitely have to cherish it. Yeah. Um, well, you, you were there four years. What did you major in while you were there? So I majored, uh, in business. Okay. Yeah. On the programs, uh, business and, uh, innovation and entrepreneurship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you make it through Clarksville. How did you make it to Huntsville? Um, yeah, that's kind of a story in itself, um, as well. But, um, after school, I kind of, I, I had an opportunity to go, uh, to go try out for, for an East coast team, um, in Cincinnati. And, you know, I went in there with, you know, pretty real, realistic expectations. Um, you know, I, obviously I knew how the, how the pro world worked and, you know, you get to camp and, you know, you start out with, with who's there, you have kind of a good camp and then all of a sudden, you know, AHL teams, are going on at the same time and they're releasing guys down to the coast. So, um, yeah, long story short, um, when it went to Cincinnati, uh, ended up getting released from my tryout there. And I met, um, you know, a former Havoc player, Dylan Nowakowski, um, at that camp. And he had told me that, you know, he had played in Huntsville after his, after his junior days and he was going back there. So, you know, I kind of just kind of found myself just sitting in a, in a hotel room for a few days in Cincinnati and trying to figure out, you know, what the best option was, whether I was going to, you know, maybe get another opportunity with an East coast team or, you know, kind of what I was going to do. And then I stayed in contact with, uh, with Dylan and, you know, next thing, next thing you know, I'm on the phone with, uh, you know, Jesse Kalecki and he said, you know, we, uh, we'd be, we'd be interested in, uh, in having you come down. So, you know, I agreed to it and, you know, packed up the car and, you know, drove down to, to Huntsville and I can probably say it was probably one of the best decisions of my life. <laughs> well, coming from up North where hockey is like football is down here, did, did you have any preconceived notions about hockey in the South? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I think it would, I don't think it would be normal. Like, I think a lot of people do. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's changing, especially over these past, you know, few years. But yeah, I, I honestly, I, I didn't know what to expect. I kind of just saw, you know, looked up kind of, you know, Huntsville, obviously, on the internet and, you know, the SPHL 
Um, I knew of, I obviously knew of the SPHL. Um, but yeah, coming down there, I didn't really know. Didn't, yeah, didn't know what to expect. And, um, again, I turned out to be, turned out to be amazing. (laughs) Did you ever meet up, uh, or ever play against any guys from your college days when you were playing in Huntsville? Yep. So a couple of, one, one guy, probably one of my best friends, um, that I played with at school and, you know, still talk to a lot. Um, he's actually in my wedding party. Uh, he played in Pensacola, uh, for the ice flyers for a bit. And then I'm trying to think, was there anyone else? I don't think there was anyone else that I played against, uh, in the SB. I, I could be wrong. I just, I just can't remember, but I know for sure um, there was one guy he yeah. played on uh, on Pensacola. Oh, okay. Um, well, now you talked about your college stats a minute ago, and you know, when, whenever you look at your college stats, comparing them to those you had with a havoc, I mean, your goal and point totals jumped way up. I mean, I know you you're playing more games, thirty around thirty in college, and you know, fifty plus with a havoc. But th- did you take on a bigger role in Huntsville or? Or what happened there? Yeah, I think I just, uh, you know, call, the college game is, is a little bit, it's different than, you know, the pro game. Uh, pro game. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think I just, I, I found my confidence when I got to, uh, to Huntsville. I think I had lost a lot of, a lot of confidence in school just in terms of the, you know, the amount of games I'd play or whether I was sitting out or, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of something that I look back on and I, I don't really, you know, understand kind of what happened in terms of, um, you know, points and, and everything. But yeah, I think I just, I think I just found my confidence really in Huntsville and it kind of just took me a long way. Yeah. Maybe you're just a late bloomer or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, well, while you were in Huntsville, who who was your favorite team to beat? I know you wanted to beat everybody, but I mean, was there, uh, you know, was there one that you just took maybe a special enjoyment in? I mean, I've listened to a few of the podcasts. I've listened uh, to a few of the guys and, okay. and kind of what they said and agreed with uh, agreed with most of them. And I'd probably have to say Peoria. Okay. Um, I think Peoria or Macon. Okay. But, um, I don't know if anybody said Macon yet. So. Yeah, I think Peoria takes takes the uh, the cake on that. But yeah, no, Macon. Macon had for at least two years had really strong teams, and um, just the the way that they were coached and the style that they played, they played really hard nosed, and um, those games could get pretty chippy and. Um, you know, they definitely celebrated their wins against us. And um, I can't remember if it was the first year or the second year. It was the first year. We beat them in the playoffs and uh, in overtime. That, that felt nice. But, no, beating Peoria was always was always really, really nice because just of the battles that we had with them. We'll be back with more of the Recon Havoc podcast. 
This is a true sad story for ADT, the leader in home security systems. My favorite dog, Oliver, was stolen from our garage recently. If I had a camera system installed in my home from ADT, I would have known exactly what car possibly pulled up in my driveway and stole my little friend. If I had a security system from ADT, my dog would still be here. I called ADT this weekend and they're coming out in a few days to install a camera and a new security system. Unfortunately, it's a little too late for me. Listen, protect everyone you love in your family. Call ADT now. Have them come out and give you a quote to install a full security system in your home. Don't let it be too late for you. Call right now. Paid for by the Home Security Hotline. 800-200-6543. That's 800-200-6543. Hey, this is Stuart Steffen. You're listening to the Recon Havoc Podcast. Of course, Havoc fans know they've got all these promotional nights and different jerseys, seems like for about every game. What was your favorite theme night? Mighty Duck Night. Mighty Duck, okay. Yeah, when we wore, um, we wore three different jerseys for... Yeah. Um, you know, each period. Uh huh. Um, I really like that night, but I mean, you, you can't you can't forget about you know St. Jude night. You can't forget about Melissa George night because obviously, you know how special those nights are and right. meaning the meaning behind them. Um, you know, and on those nights, the the VBC was always was always packed and and, and rocking. So I think. Definitely, definitely a mighty duck night, but I'll never, I'll never say that St. Jude and, and, and Melissa George night, even military night. Those are, I mean, that's a great night too. Yeah. Um, and maybe I should have asked maybe the favorite Jersey themed Jersey instead of night, because I'm going to ask you what your least favorite Jersey is. Honestly, I can't remember. I'm trying to. <laughs> I can't remember if we did SpongeBob that year or if that was after me. I, honestly, I, I can't remember. I, I'm trying. I can picture the jersey in my head. I just can't picture what uh, what theme it was. Yeah, and it was. Well, SpongeBob seems to be the leading unfavorite jersey amongst uh, players, and it is mine too because I always tell them I c- you can't read the numbers on them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, probably SpongeBob. Well. Was there maybe a jersey that might that you felt was kind of unlucky? Unlucky. Um. No, I honestly I can't think of of a jersey that was unlucky. Yeah. Well, you know, I asked that too, and most of them are like, "It doesn't matter what jersey we wear; <laughs> you still got to go out and play." So. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's true. It's a good. It's probably it's the right answer. And, and maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a jersey that makes. You know the game unlucky. It's obviously the way that the game goes, and you know how the team plays that night. But yeah, I I can't remember what jersey might where we might have got smoked or or something. Yeah, and, yeah, and that might, that jersey might not last too long. If, if, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the lineup if, if that happens, might might not have uh, went too high in the bidding afterwards. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so speaking of being unlucky, are are there any you know, 
baseball players are kind of known for their superstitions. Well, athletes, I guess, in general, are there any uh, maybe rituals or things that you just felt like you had to do before a game? Oh, yeah. I uh, I was pretty superstitious. Um, kind of still am, but no, I mean, you have like your your usuals where it's like you got to get dressed with, you know, for me, it was always like right right chin pad, right skate, right elbow pad first. Um, but for me, there's a few. Um, I'd always try and eat my pregame and nap around the same time as always um, so that I could get that like full hour in before uh, waking up and going to the rink. If, if I was listening to music, whether it was on the road, like in my headphones or listening to music while I was driving for one game and I had a really good game uh, that night, then next game I would try and listen to the same songs. Okay. Um, and then just my usual uh, like stretching kind of timing routine where, you know, I'd go play sewer. I go play sewer ball with the guys up in the lobby and then at a certain time that's when I left. Uh, to go do, you know, the same, the exact same uh, stretching routine that I did every game. Okay. You think Billy Welker would have let you wear the same socks until you lost? Um, pro- probably not, but I probably would have told him that I'm not giving him my socks. <laughs> and he, he, knowing Billy, he'd probably, he'd probably understand because he's, He's a pretty superstitious guy as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about some memories. Uh, what are, what are some of the memories you have? I know you you know you've got the two, the back to back championships there. Um, uh, any other memories? Maybe a a fight, maybe that you remember, or a, or a certain play, or, or 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 memories of just you know just playing in Huntsville. Um, yeah, I mean, I got, I got definitely have a few, obviously of the two championships, but I mean, we can touch on that later, but I would say one of my best memories was we were playing at home and it was the night that I scored a hat trick at home against Peoria and my parents were in town and I just remember I just remember the BBC was just packed that night and we must have had a sold out crowd and the game was just like back and forth. And, um, yeah, I ended up, I ended up getting a hat trick and just seeing like all the hats, you know, come on the ice. Um, it was pretty special. And, um, yeah, that's probably, that's probably one of them. And then my first year, Another memory of my first year, we uh, we ended up having a huge brawl with uh, Macon. There was a, a little situation towards the end of the game, um, a little stick in the face, but then uh, turned into a you know a, kind of a, a bench clearing brawl that resulted in a in a few suspensions. But yeah, that'd probably be the the fight that sticks out the most. Okay, of course we mentioned the championships, and some guys have talked about that first year and the trip back to town uh, after the, the championship 
had been all sewn up as one of their memories too. Yeah, I think, um, and some of the guys yeah touched on it. Winning at home the second year was was definitely you know something really special. But winning winning on the road just winning on the road is a little different, um, you know, because again, especially uh, in Peoria against Peoria, a team that plays really well at home. Um, you know, it was a three and three. So, you know, we had played the night before we traveled overnight and, uh, you know, at that point the guys are, we're all, you know, banged up a lot of, a lot of injuries, guys are tired. Um, and you know, we were able to, able to pull off, pull off the win and, you know, Peoria was most likely the favorite that year to win it. And, um, you know, just celebrating kind of, you know, celebrating in the room with, uh, with everyone, you know, we had, you know, obviously, you know, Keith and Becky were there. We had, you know, the video crew, everyone from the front office was down. Um, uh, and we were all just kind of able to celebrate it, you know, together as a team and celebrate everyone's accomplishments. Um, and then, yeah, the, the bus ride home was, was a lot of fun. We actually were able to stop in Peoria. We, you know, we went to, went to a bar um, celebrated there, then got back on the bus and basically celebrated all night and, you know, celebrated for a few days after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to win at home, but it's also nice to stick it to the opponent in their home home stadium, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, you said, uh, you know, moving to Huntsville was uh, one of the best decisions that you made. What What are some of the memories you took back, you know, after moving away from Huntsville after you retired? Um, I mean, I think I could go kind of go on about that, but I think what makes Huntsville so special is, you know, the obviously the, the Havoc, you know, program is special, but I think it's just the people that are, are in Huntsville. Um, you know, everyone's just so, so nice and, you know, welcoming, um, you know, obviously, my the friendships that I built um, on the team were were some of the best that you know that I've made in, in hockey, and you know, celebrating the championships with them. That you know, no one's going to be able to you know take those away from us. Um, but I, I think it was just I think there's a number of things um, that I could take away, and I, I can't really pinpoint one, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just if I were to say, like, the people of Huntsville, just the city, um, it's crazy how much it's it's grown, um, especially when, you know, we, my wife and I and my daughter made the trip back for the for the championship weekend. Um, you know, how much, yeah, how much the city had grown and, and, and everything. I just, I, I got nothing bad to say about Huntsville. I love it there. Um, I wish I could live there full time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know, and we asked that to, to, to everybody, and I don't know, we may start sounding like a branch of Huntsville Tourism Board, because everybody says very similar things, you know, it's just the, the people and and the organization and all that. Um, so you played three years in Huntsville before retiring. What told you it was time to stop? Um, I think for me, you know, it was just life, I guess, you know, um, 
know, I was, I was retiring when I was, you know, turned 30. Um, you know, I, I kind of just wanted to make that step to, to start kind of my family. I was getting married in, uh, in, uh, in June and, you know, I just thought it was time to, you know, hang up the skates and, and kind of, you know, start, start earning some good income, get my house. Cause you know, the, the market down here is, is kind of insane. And, you know, I owe, I owe a lot to, you know, to my wife. I've been with her for, you know, since high school. Um, so, you know, she's, she's been with me along the way and, you know, sacrificed a lot. And, um, yeah, I just, I just thought it was, I thought it was time. You know, I always kind of said to myself, I was going to play, you know, three, two, three years, maybe four. Um, but, you know, I thought, you know, I, I thought winning the two, two championships back to back was a, was a solid way to go out. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, if I went another year, then COVID kind of would have, would have shut it down. And I didn't want to, you know, I probably wouldn't have wanted to end, end my hockey career on, you know, COVID being shut down and then, way it would have progressed into you know another year of playing and i don't know <laughs> i just thought it was time yeah yeah point. well I, I didn't know if maybe was. i didn't know if maybe you had a certain age in mind ahead of time that you were kind of looking at to no to, no i think i think for me like I, I i think i definitely could have kept playing it was just you know time i guess yeah yeah well what are you doing now uh, so now I, I work in uh, I work in sales. Um, I work in the consumer packaged good industry. Um, I work for a, a distribution company that uh, we distribute uh, beverages. Okay. Um, well, any advice that you might give to young up and coming athletes? You know, whether they play hockey or or another sport. Um. I think, I mean, I'll give you the most cliche line. It's, uh, you know, have fun. Yeah. Um, but, and, and cherish it. But, um, no, I think, I think for, you know, upcoming athletes, whether it's in hockey, whether it's in sport, you know, it, it's gotta be something that you enjoy. It's something that, uh, you know, that you want to take serious. Cause if you're not, if you're not going to take it serious, then, you know, you're not going to want to put the time and, you know, as expensive everything is now, money into it and everything like that. But mainly just, you know, have fun with it yeah. and, and cherish it. Um, would you be one of these folks that advise them to, to play as many sports as they can? 100%, yeah. Um, I, I know I know for, for my daughter and my um, in the future, I mean, whatever she wants to do, but you know, I'll, I'll definitely have her in, in you know, different sports and whatever, whatever one she doesn't like, or, you know, we can cut them out, but no, I think it's, I think it's really important for, for kids to, uh, you know, if they're serious about one sport, then, you know, step away from that for maybe, you know, a summer or however long they want, and, you know, try something else that may spark their interest and, um, and then kind of just narrow it down from there. Yeah. Well, okay, we, we've come to the part of my interview where I get into what I call my hook-out-of-play questions, and those those are just 
for, for the most part, hockey unrelated. So, and if you've, if you listen to some of the other podcasts, you know what kind of questions that they would be. So maybe you're, you're more prepared than some of these other guys have been. So let's, let's start with number one. What is your favorite food? Um, sushi. Sushi. Okay. Seems like we've had a sushi on before. Um, number two, favorite either TV or movie or streaming series maybe that you're watching now? Well, I could probably answer all three of those. Okay. Um, probably one of my favorite movies is The Town. Um, my favorite streaming show is Friday Night Lights. Uh, and what was the other one? TV. Just TV show. Of course, a lot of them end up streaming anyway. But. Yeah, Friends. Friends. It's funny you mention that because uh, I watched a uh, commercial you shot online. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, where you would like to have Ross and Rachel as your parents or maybe David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think I I panicked when I said that answer. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if I'd want uh, at least Jennifer Aniston as my as my mom, just as beautiful as she is. But um, yeah, I mean Ross is. I think it would be hilarious to have Ross as your dad. He's he's the best character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was and I was thinking Ross and I mean they're both kind of neurotic in their own ways, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's still funny. <laughs> uh, hobbies. Uh, what do you like to do when you're not playing hockey or selling beverages? Uh, love golf. Uh, I got I got really into golf when I was actually when living in Alabama because obviously you know the weather down there allows allows us to play, you know, kind of year round. Mm-hmm. Um, so got really into golf when I was down there. Uh, you know, I love to, I love to work out. I'm, you know, I'm still pretty active. So that's a, that's a passion of mine. Maybe not as active as I, as I was, but, um, you know, still love to, to work out. Um, and then, yeah, now that I have my my eleven month old daughter, I just try and spend as much time with her and my wife as uh, as possible. And now that she's kind of she's in that you know that phase where she's you know starting to kind of get into things, and uh, you know, so we're kind of introducing her to as much as possible. Okay. When you said get into things, I thought you meant li- literally getting into things. So. Oh yeah, that's no that. <laughs> Okay, and the last one, I need some trivia, some Cheech Powers trivia, something maybe that people who think they know you don't know about you. Um, I love, I love Nutella. Okay, I, I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if that's you know the answer you're looking for, but uh, yeah, the guys, you know. There's a kind of a joke in the in the dressing room down in Huntsville, like, because we have like our little kitchen area, and um, you know I would always be just you know 
eating Nutella every day, whether it's, you know, with a spoon or, you know, with pretzels or whatever. And kind of, you know, some guys are calling me the Nutella bandit. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that, if that oh, answers that, your question. No, that's good. That's good. That's, that's, that's trivia. Um, I've seen it on the shelf. I've just never bought any. So uh, I'd recommend it. <laughs> I'll have to try it then. Okay, well, I, I appreciate all this time you've given me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me. That was former Havoc forward Cheech Powers. We've got more as the Reekin' Havoc podcast continues. Do you have an idea for the Reekin' Havoc podcast? Email us at reekinhavoc at outlook.com. That's R-E-E-K-I-N, havoc at outlook.com. Send a Facebook message to the Reekin' Havoc page or leave us a voicemail or text at 256-434-RKKN. That's 256-434-7556. The Reekin' Havoc podcast. Every 40 seconds, a child goes missing somewhere in the U.S. You can help in the effort to find missing kids simply by donating your car or boat to Find the Children, a nonprofit organization dedicated to returning missing children to their families. Find the Children works closely with national and community agencies and organizations and helps distribute flyers and posters that are directly responsible for recovering missing kids. Your car or boat donation helps protect and recover children in every state and community by Sponsoring child safety and recovery programs. For fast, free pickup, call anytime, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Running or not, your car, truck, van, RV, or boat will be towed away free of charge. Fast, free pickup, plus it's tax deductible. Everyone wins when you donate your car or boat to find the children. Call right now. 800-466-8813. 800-466-8813. That's 800-466-8813. This is Dominic Procopio, and you're listening to the Region Havoc Podcast. Another forward has been signed with Huntsville. Jared Christie is from Cypress, California, who played junior hockey with Wenatchee in the BCHL and Odessa and Austin in the NAHL. His college career was spent at the University of New England, where he appeared in 74 games and totaled 76 points. He went from there to the Iowa Heartlanders, appearing in two games there. The Havoc is needing national anthem singers for the 2023-24 season. Email Christian Grosspitch at cgrosspitch, that's C-G-R-O-S-P-I-T-C-H, at HuntsvilleHavoc.com and include a video or recording of you singing. Enter to win the 20 Years of Havoc package, including two silver-level tickets to a game of your choice, one special edition 20th anniversary jersey, one 20th anniversary medallion puck, and a 20th anniversary hat. Deadline to enter is September 24th. Go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com and go to the Fan Zone tab. Single game tickets are now on sale. Group discounts are also available along with family four-packs for specific games. You can also purchase premium seating including ice suites and luxury suites and the new party deck. Season tickets are also still on sale. Go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com and check under the Tickets tab. You can enter to win an opening night VIP experience, four gold tickets to opening night on October 27th, one team signed jersey, and a chance to sit on the bench during warm-ups. Deadline to register is October 6th. Go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com to the Fan Zone tab. Join the Havoc Text Club for exclusive offers, information, and more. Go to the Huntsville Havoc Facebook page for the sign-up link. The Reek and Havoc Podcast. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? 
We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-586-9885-800-586-9885-800-586-9885. That's 800-586-9885. For tickets, official Huntsville Havoc merchandise, and more, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com. Visit our website at ReconHavoc.com, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, X, and Threads, and listen, follow, and subscribe to the Recon Havoc podcast on your favorite platform to keep up with the only weekly podcast covering the Huntsville Havoc, the Recon Havoc podcast.